welcome to episode 1181 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, June 2nd. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? Not too bad. Can you believe we're already in June? Uh, I can't. I can't. I was I was talking to someone last night at my first uh, softball practice, and I'm all like, oh, yeah, I got this uh, thing coming up in July. And they're like, you mean next month? And yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. We're like, we're in the summer. The summer is now here. Um, we went to a soccer game this week, uh, Austin FC in the MLS, and it was pretty nice. It was a little, little warm there. And as you well know, Jen and I don't definitely don't mind the heat, but we kind of looked at each other like, oh yeah, this is going to be about the last day that it will even be relatively nice out here. It'll be sweltering the rest of the way. Um, if you're doing anything outdoors here and if you got to deal with it, if you want to do anything outdoors, um, but again, we love the heat, so it's fine. I want to make a quick announcement that Monday's pod will be pushed to Tuesday. We missed this Monday for the holiday. Didn't make mm-hmm. it up. Next upcoming Monday, we're going to move just to Tuesday because I'll be out for the day. So just know that. Um, but anyway, you ready to talk some baseball? Absolutely. Got a few news and notes, and we got some two steps to discuss. A lot of interesting guys for next week. I'm very curious to see where you come out on some of these guys that uh, that might be viable streamers or if you're just hard passing. But we do have to talk about Chris Sale leaving his start early. Pretty unfortunate because Sale's been rocking. You know, I got him on my main, so I'm, I'm very dialed in to what he's doing every fifth day, and it's hard to complain lately. So, of course, uh, if it's not going to be poor production, it's going to be injury. And like I said, Sale was absolutely cooking lately, had a great May. Hopefully this isn't a big deal, but what did you think when you saw Sale leave early with injury last night on Thursday? Karma. It is absolute karma. Uh, I don't know if you were in the Pull Hitter podcast um, uh, Discord uh, yesterday. No, I didn't see it. But there was a big discussion around Chris Sale and just how good he's been. And uh, there were a couple comments, including uh, Randy Haynes, who's a former uh podcaster for friends of fantasy benefits saying stuff it's like remember when people are like oh you should drop him after two starts how stupid and then like literally like 30 minutes later uh he exits the game with an injury so uh randy i blame you that's unfair Um, to blame randy though i love people were were being pretty wild and it looked bad right but i think it's another another good case of, of why we don't react so early, right? Mm-hmm. And we talk about this every year, you and I, how difficult it is to do analysis early on. People want to make moves on guys that they have no business even looking at, right? Like, I I couldn't have I, I couldn't have cared less. Well, that's not true. I was actually trip, tripping out. Yeah, I, 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 three I, was, starts. I was very, very scared after that. But I knew that cutting him... I mean, I shouldn't say I knew that it was the right move, but it just felt like silly to consider after three starts. As much as I believed in the guy, what I thought Sale could do this year, it seemed wild to do that. Now, he isn't as stable as, say, you know, the easy examples like last year's Marcus Simeon, who had those 45 mm-hmm. games without a homer, looked terrible. Sale has ha- has had some things recently that might have given you some pause and then you're having the three bad starts you're like oh my god did i make a mistake here on a 34 year old who's just washed well then he goes out puts up eight uh really or seven really strong starts coming into yesterday he was great while he pitched too by the way three and two thirds five five hits a run and six strikeouts 
are you worried about this shoulder soreness? I mean, obviously we don't have any news right now, so we're dealing in the dark. Are, are you are you nervous here though? I mean, anytime we have a shoulder issue or an elbow issue with a pitcher, I'm worried. So, um, but there's nothing you can do. Uh, you know, I'm not like trying to like sell him for 50 cents on a dollar or something like right. Uh, because yeah. like you said, I mean, the last seven starts have just been stellar. I mean, he has been, you know, Chris Sale, Pete Chris Sale. And yep. uh, you just can't find a replacement for that right now. I mean, there's just been too many injury this, injuries this year. There's not enough on the waiver wire. Um, you know, the majority of the prospects coming up that are going to be impactful have already come up. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, too, right? If you didn't get one of those. Uh, we don't even have one this week, do we? There's no, no big... Nobody Not that I can cross- think of. Uh, it's like our first one in a while. First yeah. week in a while where we're not going to have a big pitcher that everyone's going to be having in focus. Mainly in the main event, by the way, or NFBC world where we talk about you can't pick up a prospect until they're up in the majors. Obviously, certain other leagues work differently where it's like first come, first serve, you can jump. What about like a Michael Soroka who um, is going to be available? Uh, he's 77% rostered in the main event. Is he somebody that you would target as a potential sale replacement? It hurts my soul to say this because, I mean, if you've listened to the pod for, for years, you know how much I loved Michael Sorgo before he first initially got hurt. But no, not really. Sorgo is one of those guys that because his strikeout rate is so low, he really needs volume to kind of carry him into fantasy relevance because he needs to be able to get wins because he's going deep enough into games. You know, he's on a great team, so that helps, but I just don't trust the volume, and you don't get the stellar ratios really helping your team unless you're getting a lot of volume, and then he's probably not going to win a lot of games because I don't expect him to go five innings a lot of the time. So, uh, I mean, I guess he's, you know, a, a gamble, a fine gamble. The one's probably not going to hurt you a ton, but sure. he's also not going to help you a ton, I don't think. So he's definitely not a replacement for a guy like Chris Sale. I got another guy that I'm going to ask you about, but he's in the two steps. I'll, I'll, I'll point out that this was the guy I was thinking of. But based on what you just said, I can't imagine that you're going to go for, for this guy either, even though volume was the name of his game at the peak of his powers. We'll get into him later. So right now we're in a holding pattern with Sale. Obviously, by the time Sunday comes and weekly meet, weekly leagues do their moves, hopefully you have some clarity on where Sale is. Um, what would it take... What what do you what are you cutting him for? What what what, what length of absence would you cut? So oh, you wouldn't. I mean, if he's gonna miss, he's gonna miss months? more than two months. Yeah, okay. I think I'm I'm cutting him because I mean we're now at the point where we only have June, July, August, September, so four months. Anything more than half the remaining season, I think you have to just let go. What if we uh, get six to eight weeks, which, you know, you know that me, you, Jason, we we start, we add time to whatever timetable they give. So is six to eight weeks going to fit that where you're like, okay, the upper end is two months. We got to assume a couple extra weeks just to be safe. Is, is six to eight weeks a time where you're going to say, all right, I'm moving on from sale? I think quite possibly. I think it really depends on how your team is looking in terms of other injuries. So I don't think it's a fat, hard and fast answer. I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like I was coming into this week and I was all like, hey, my teams have been relatively healthy. I have dodged the major injuries outside of Drew Smusen 
um, you know, pretty darn well. And then, like, all the injuries happened to my team. So, like, you know, Cedric Mullins got hurt. TJ Friedel got hurt. Um, there was somebody else who got hurt. Like, oh, uh, Lars Newtbar got hurt. Like, I lost, like, four outfielders on my main event team on, like, Monday. Um, so that, that's been a little bit brutal. So, like, if you're in that kind of situation where it's like, I'm already holding three injury guys, you know, my IL is full. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, if it's if it's six to eight weeks, I can totally understand making that cut. Me too. It just really sucks, man, because things were going so well. And honestly, not even just the the fantasy aspect of it. Obviously, I want him to be on the field for my team, but I really like Chris Sale. I think it's nice that he's back and and pitching well. And you know, frankly, he's part of. Uh, why I've been so wrong on Boston. I was really mm -hmm. concerned about their pitching. It's funny. He was the only one I did like. I, I, like I said, I drafted him, but I didn't think that they'd be all that good. And they're in fifth. So you're like, well, what are you talking about? I <laughs> Two thought they'd games be, above 500, though. Yeah, like, I thought the... they'd be well below. I thought they'd be decent hitting, but just dreadful pitching besides like Sale and Hauk, maybe Bayo if he came out. But I didn't like their bullpen. So yeah, I just, I didn't have them contending at all and even though they're in fifth they're in the mix for sure so we'll wait to see what's going on with sale hopefully they're, they're only a games. half game out of the second wild card because that's what all, i'm saying like all the wild card teams are coming from they from they are these, in this they, I mean, they are in this the, sucker the the angels man like they're uh um they're in this i mean this is such an interesting league Four teams in the AL West are above 500. Five teams in the AL East are above 500. And, like, every team in, in the AL Central is pretty much below 500. <laughs> except for yeah. the Twins are three games twins, over. Yeah. And, you know, they flirted with being around 500 themselves. So, East-West dominating Central, getting beat up. And I don't know how much that, that tide is going to turn during the season. Glad that my Tigers are playing better. But the Guardians, major disappointment. White Sox, major disappointment. Twins, minor disappointment. Because they are still leading. They are still looking good. But they need to get their get themselves going. They should have a pretty big lead here. And they haven't been able to take advantage. And the Royals are atrocious. They're just unbelievably bad. <clears throat> there were some people who thought the Royals were like a sneaky dark horse team this year. They are not. They are decidedly not. I thought that of them last year. So didn't jump back on the train this year. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Let's talk Jordan Walker. He's returning. Now, obviously, he's going to be somebody that people desire to get. Uh, I'm sure he was cut in a lot of shallow leagues, maybe even some deeper leagues, depending on, on situations. But probably being held in, in a lot of those deeper formats. Did have four homers, four steals in 135 plate appearances at AAA, but a pretty underwhelming slash line that netted a 90 WRC plus, including a sub 400 slug for Jordan Walker. Now, I don't know. Did you see this clip that was floating around where he was talking about getting back to his old self um, and how they had him lifting the ball and it was really like a concerted effort and it kind of got him out of his game. And so now he's just going back to doing what he does. When he gets lift, he gets lift. Otherwise, he's just trying to hit the ball hard. And he's getting some better results from it. Did you see that with Jordan Walker? I didn't, but it makes a lot of sense because uh, I think people are going to look at like the triple slash uh, from AAA and go, oh, why is he coming back? Like he hasn't been good. Uh, but if you, you shorten the time frame to like about the last two weeks, yep. you start to go, oh, okay, he's hitting 286, 379, 518. Uh, 
since uh, May 16th. And that comes well, I, I threw in the I threw in the 14th that game too where oh, okay. he went three for five, and I mean obviously it just makes the sample better. But your point is well taken. The last two weeks Jordan Walker's been been flowing. So yes. what do you think's going on there? So I, I think maybe he's just getting more comfortable. Uh, the Cardinals are in a weird spot because they were this team that just had too many pieces, uh, but they've been hit with a little bit of injuries and some underperformances. So I think there is you know plenty of room for him to come up in play every day. I don't think the Cardinals want him to just come up and sit on the bench. So uh, if he, if you were able to hold on to him, like I've been able to hold on to him in a number of leagues, uh, then you are super excited for Jordan Walker to come back. If not, you're going to be spending a lot of fab this weekend. And I think he's well worth it. I mean, he's the, you know, arguably the top prospect in baseball, uh, you know, depending on, one of them. Yeah. Depending on where you put some of uh, the guys that we haven't uh, gotten to see yet um, and probably won't get to see, but definitely I think the top prospect remaining still in the minors that we're going to see in 2023. And, and that could make a massive impact. Jordan Walker can still be an absolute summer gem. One of those stories where it's like, remember what happened early and he got sent mm-hmm. out and then he was winning people leagues down the stretch type of deal. He's only 54% rostered at Yahoo. You have him in our Yahoo league together. Yep. Uh, he is hundred percent at the main event. People aren't getting rid of a player like that. That totally makes sense to me. I would have been way more surprised if it was to the other end there. I'm a little surprised he's not available in any main event league because, I mean, in NFBC, where you have no IL, Mm -hmm. you're probably holding on to at least one or two injured guys already. Uh, But he's got a – Jordan Walker makes that group of people that you hold, though. I mean, obviously he did because he's. 100%. I mean, I, I held him in TGFBI. Which he would have been for you. He was league, for me. So. Yeah, like we, we. But I hear you. There, we're but surprised there's on, no. If you're single holding person. on to like you know guys like I mean I know Tyler Glass was back, but he's just the guy that came to mind. You know, a guy like Tyler Glass now who you knew was going to be out for a while, but you couldn't drop him. Correct. Um, you know, and you're holding up on to like, and then you get hit with like two more injuries. Like it may it would have made a lot of sense to just drop and move on. And I bet you some people did drop and move on and then he just got picked, picked back up. up. That so. wouldn't surprise me. If if we saw that, uh if we dug in the transaction history and we saw that, oh, he actually was cut in three, four, five leagues, whatever it is, but people just picked him up really quickly because they're like, I can't let Jordan Walker sit out there. That would make some sense. That would be uh, definitely something I could see. But he's back, and um, I'm excited. I, I hope he does well here because it was a bummer. You know, we talked him up a lot in the in in the off season, saying if he makes the roster, if he's on this team, we think that Jordan Walker can be an absolute stud. So far, we've been wrong, but we still have, you know, uh, what is it, two thirds of the season left to kind of show. Uh, that we might be right with him because I, I still believe in Jordan Walker for sure. All right, let's talk some two steps here. And again, we don't include the automatics. You know, I know somebody like Shane Bieber is not putting up the numbers that we expected or anything, but you're not sitting him in a two step. I, I certainly don't think so. Justin, you're not sitting him, right? No. No, okay, just making sure. No. So yeah, we don't we don't include the automatics. There are a couple names on here I do want to see. Do you consider them automatics? Because I'm there with them. So there'll be a few names that I do include to that effect. But for the most part, these are guys that are streamable in a range of leagues, and we're going to say where we would start them, if at all. Let's start with a guy who does have two interesting starts in terms of who he's facing. 
But I don't know if Tommy Henry for the Arizona Diamondbacks is quite putting up enough skills for you to consider him. He did drop seven scoreless in his latest with seven strikeouts against Colorado. And sure, it was Colorado and it was at home for Henry, but still a hell of an outing for Tommy Henry. Is he doing anything for you here? He's got a 373 ERA on the year uh, with a trip to Washington and a trip to Detroit on the docket. Is, is anything doing there for you with Tommy Henry of the Diamondbacks? I think a lot of people are going to see those two teams and go, oh, these are two really bad teams. Uh, I'm going to take advantage because one of the things, you know, that I talked about with, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know why I want to call him Derek Henry, Derek Cardi. <laughs> uh, He's uh, as good, Derek Cardi's as good as what, at what he, he does the, as Derek Henry yeah, is. At Derek Cardi is the Derek Henry of DFS, but, yep. um, uh, no, Derek Cardi and Michael Simeone at first pitch, uh, Arizona one year, we did a whole uh, presentation on streaming pitchers. Uh, and the thing we all kind of found in our research was like the best thing to look for in a streaming pitcher is, is the matchup. Like you're yeah. really looking at the matchup and these on paper would seem like they would be two really good matchups, but I don't know that they are. Um, one, Washington is a top five team against uh, left-handed pitching, and I want to make sure, yes, Tommy Henry is a left-handed pitcher. Yes, he That's is. what I thought. Um, and Detroit has played a lot better, I think, than people really think. Uh, 100% agree. As much as the, I do not think they're a good team. Um, but either, to be honest. Yeah, by the stretch of the imagination. Like, they've played much better, especially recently. So, uh, and Tommy Henry is what we would call not good. Um, he, so. he, he's challenged. Yeah. I, I mentioned that 373 ERA on purpose as kind yeah. of a, a, a throw off there because it's a 544 Sierra or 522 yeah. FIP, whatever your ERA indicator of choice is. It's not going to tell a great story on Henry, who's a soft tosser. And one of the things we've been hammering with Washington, not only are they good against lefties, but they don't strike out against anybody, including the lowest strikeout rate against lefties. And Henry already doesn't K anybody. Yeah. So the ball's going to be in place so much, and it's just a good chance to really get Babbitt to death, even though they don't slug the ball that well with Washington. You can get nickel and dimed by eight singles and be out of there early still. Yeah, exactly. There's just not enough upside without yeah. Henry's, you know, being able to strike out a bunch of guys to warrant the downside because he can be homer prone. So uh, I am skipping this one. Let someone else soak up that two start. Yeah, to totally agree there. I can't really take that that gamble with Tommy Henry at Washington at Detroit, really in any format. I just don't think the upside is there as you keyed on. This is one of the guys I'm checking in to see if, if you've got him starting everywhere all the time. Bryce Elder uh, is home against the Mets and the Nats. He's an everywhere guy for me right now. I, I don't see where I'm not starting Bryce Elder. The only situation would be in a shower league where I picked him up thinking that he'd be a streamer. He's become more of a staple and I just have a good enough rotation that I can't always start all my studs. That's about the only situation I see. And then come two-step week, I think I still have to get Elder in there over one-star guys that might be better than him one-to-one. -one. But I really believe in Elder, and I think I've got him everywhere right now uh, as an automatic start. What say you? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I know there's regression coming. There has sure, to be regression. Sure, sure, sure. He's just been, he's been too good. I mean, and you know, all the ERA indicators say, like, there's regression coming at some point, um, but it's not Tommy Henry level regression. So no. like, you know, it's, 
it's hey he's probably more of a high threes kind of pitcher maybe even a low fours kind of a pitcher uh, not a you know four fifty or five ERA type pitcher. Yeah, he, so he's a sub two ERA right now. Yeah, Bryce he's Elder just does. been insane. Um, you know, I think this you know this is a great time to sell high if you can. But sure, like I know I'm in a dynasty league where like no one who is competing like will even like touch like starting pitching, especially guys like Tommy Henry or sorry Tommy uh, Bryce Elder. Um, so like, it's, it's pretty frustrating in those situations where you're trying to sell high and everybody's like, no, nah, I'm not buying it. Like, so nah, just... we, we see through that. But again, I think the regression for elder is still a guy that you want to have, even if he was a yeah. 380 ERA from here forward. With That's a good valuable whip, in on today's, a team. Yes. yeah, like right now when you've got like league ERAs for starters around 450 or something like that, like. Like a guy who's going to throw you a 375 ERA rest of the season is still pretty valuable, but totally agree. So, uh, yeah, I, I love him. He's 85% at, at Yahoo. I think that should be up at 100. I really mm-hmm. do. What about our boy, Cal Gibson? Look at him uh, at Milwaukee, home to KC. He's as volatile as he's ever been in terms of, you know, he's dropping gems against teams you don't expect, getting blasted by duds where you like him. Sometimes he is adhering to being a perfect stream. You know, he takes on a crummy team and beats them. But, I mean, he went to Toronto and New York, the Yankees, put up 14 innings with just one run allowed, gets Cleveland, who is, like, one of the worst teams in the league right now, and go and was an out shy of a baseline quality start, which is an okay start if you streamed it. But coming off the 14 innings with one earned total at the Jays and Yankees, we were expecting more. So he is frustrating in that sense. In fact, it goes even further. You just look at his whole May, and what a nightmare for Kyle Gibson. Okay, I'm going to stream him at KC. Six yep. earned in six and two thirds. Well, then there's no way you're not going to use. Or no way you're going to use him at Tampa, right? Like, yeah, and I, I got to take him out for Tampa. Then okay, six innings, two runs for Kyle Gibson. Okay, fine. He's back on. I'm going to get him in for Pittsburgh. Five innings, four runs. Then the Blue Jays and Yankees games I told you about, and then the Cleveland one. So super frustrating. Overall, there's still elements here that were like, okay, what, 389 ERA, 131 whip. That's in line with kind of what I what I expected. But an 8% strikeout minus walk, trip to Milwaukee, home to KC. Is that enough to get you on the Cal Gibson train this week? If so, what leagues? I mean, I feel like if you can't use them for this two-step, when are you ever going to use them? Like, of course, but then, like, then just leave them on the wire, though, right? This isn't a guy that's yeah. on your roster necessarily. Are you aiming at getting Gibson in a 15-team league for this two-step? I think so. Um, if he's okay. available in, in one of my 15-team leagues, I think I'll take the gamble. Uh, you know, Kansas City is not a good team. Um, you know, they've had stretches where they, they've put some hurt on, on some clubs. But for overall, they're just... Not a very good offense. Um, and Milwaukee's Mil- not. Milwaukee's pretty either. good against righties, though. So, I mean, that's. Not the last 30 days. Sorry, I'm going okay. off because I do, I do last 30 on my pitching chart and I saw them low. Yeah, they're 26. Well, Mr. Right now. Fancy. Well, it's just last 30 days. So, it's not yeah. guaranteed either. Mm-hmm. I, I grant that. And on the full season, they do rank higher, but like they've been susceptible at times. So, I'm with you. I think I would stream Kyle Gibson this week. I know the risk. We've been on the Kyle Gibson train for years. We're we're mm-hmm. very familiar with him. He's probably the most enduring meme on this on this uh, show. But yeah, I think he does make the list this week as far mm-hmm. as considerations. I agree. Yeah. Uh, what about James Paxton at Cleveland and at the Yankees? 
You love the Cleveland one, the Yankees one, not so much. Big name, obviously was a hot ticket when he first came back. Has settled a bit to where it's like, okay, this isn't an automatic, uh, you know, big maple, peak peak of his powers, big maple. But I think the bad start, the one at the Angels, was one that you should have avoided anyway. Don't Don't mess with the Angels. Other than that, it's three good starts around that. Is James Paxton above a streaming option to where he's a team streamer or even just an automatic start right now? Or is there still some sketchiness with him that would give you some pause even in a two-step week at Cleveland and at the Yankees? Where do you stand currently on James Paxton? I think the Cleveland start is juicy enough where he should probably be just an auto start. And it's not like the Yankees have been great offensively this year. They, you know, True. and there has been like some pushback to me saying at times like, Hey, the Yankees are an offense that I don't want to mess with. I still believe they're an offense. I don't want to mess with, even if they're not playing well as a team, like there are pieces to that Yankees offense that are scary as hell. And so, you got judge. Yeah. Judge, you're, you're, you're you know, a threat. You know, Volpe has been a, a really, really interesting guy, even though he hasn't hit for batting average uh, at a lot of times during the season, you know, Glaber's still good. Uh, Rizzo. Rizzo's been Rizzo's, excellent, yeah. by the way. Um, Bader was killing it, but got hurt again. Mm-hmm. He was surprised. God, it's so frustrating. I feel I feel bad for him, but man, it's just he's just snake bit, dude. He just yeah, he's just one of those guys that can't stay healthy. So yep. uh while the Yankees aren't necessarily on paper as a team, like a lineup you're you're you should be afraid of. Like, I'm still afraid of them. That being said, like you mentioned, Paxton's pretty good outside of that one really really bad start i think my major concern with paxton is like is he gonna go deep enough into a game yeah to win? always always so, the consideration there uh, but i i think i'm i think i'm going with it cleveland's been a bottom five team against left-handed pitching yankees have been like middle of the pack against left-handed pitching so uh, i'm 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 fine rolling with with paxton pretty much in every format yeah me too and i think he should be rostered in most formats too i I really do uh think that you paxton's a guy that that has some juice here don't Mm -hmm. let the one bad start fool you he's only 32 percent rostered at yahoo i think that that's well short of where james paxton should be uh here's the guy i was going to talk about with regards to um oh god who were we talking about i'm so dumb oh soroka cal hendricks um in that volume is the name of his game but is he trustable for that volume that we've seen? He's just gotten back, but he gets a West Coast, uh, Southern Southern California two-step there at San Diego. Actually, San Francisco is not Southern California, sorry. But he going to California for two at San Francisco, at San Diego. You back in on the Kyle Hendricks train. He, he's had, what, one start back or two? Two. Two starts um, back. And good, you know, good enough results, 386 ERA, a 6 66 XERA though. Um, Devilish. Yeah, the, the strikeouts, the, the walks are relatively high. Five walks mm-hmm. in the two starts. That's really high for Kyle Gibson. Or for Kyle no home run, No home runs given up for Hendricks as of yet. Uh, this screams you're about to get some major regression very, very, very quickly. But these are also two good parks to pitch in. San Francisco yeah. and San Diego are great places to pitch. Uh, you're not super worried necessarily about either lineup, considering you know the pieces that San Diego's missing, and the Giants are just the Giants. Uh, but the Giants have actually been pretty good against right-handed pitching say, this year. So, right. 
I'm not going for this. This, but I, there are going to be people like he will be one of the more. We will talk about him on, on Monday, on or Monday Tuesday. or Tuesday. Yeah, maybe we won't talk about. I don't know if we'll talk about pickups on since it's going to be on Tuesday. But, um, he will be one of the more picked up guys. I think it's a mistake. I think he's going to get shellacked in at least one, maybe two of these starts. Uh, I've loved Kyle Hendricks previously. Uh, I've had a love-hate relationship with Kyle Hendricks. I, I I hated him for a really, really long time, and then I finally bought in, and then he burned me. Um, so, uh, you know, it's screw Kyle Hendricks. I'm, I'm not going for this. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a consideration for 15s for sure. He's nowhere near the top of my list. But if I got him, I, I, I'd probably start him. I mean, if I put him on my list, but... I don't love it. I'm, I've never really been the biggest Kyle Hendricks fan, so I'd be hard-pressed to be super confident this, about this. This is a Kyle Freeland situation for me where, like, I won't even put him on my list so I am not tempted at all. So you don't all. accidentally get him. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want him, like, I don't want to be, like, going to set my lineups Monday morning and be looking like, oh, man, it's Kyle Hendricks in a two-step or, I don't know, random, you know, good pitcher. Oh man, I'll take the two step. Just try to get two wins, and all of a sudden I get shellacked twice. That's the thing. It, it, the downside is pretty rich here with Hendricks, unfortunately, and that used to not really be the case. Floor was his the name of his game with upside, and I'm not sure we've seen it. Uh, another Cub is going, and the reason I split them up is because they don't have the same matchups. That Monday game against San Diego is a wraparound game for Hendricks. Hayden Wesneski gets uh, a. a California trip too. They're on a whole time, whole California swing, and he gets Anaheim. He gets the Angels uh, and San Francisco. So he's back. Loved this guy coming into the year. It has not panned out anywhere to the level that I thought. He's been sent down. His numbers don't look very good. But are you back in on Hayden Wesneski if he gets this? I mean, it's it's penciled in right now. It's not a, it's not a lock, but looks like he's back and and starting. Are you back in on Hayden Wesneski with a two-step Angels and Giants? Oh, um, so I had him as a backup bid last week in Fab for a dollar in a, in a few spots and got him. Um, you know, and this was prior to the news that he was getting recalled. Uh, and I so, like that. yeah, I, I got a little bit lucky in terms of picking him back up in the place in a lot of the places where I, I had dropped him and other people had dropped him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I'm starting him versus the Angels, though. That's I, the scary part. The Angels are just a, I mean, what they just did to Lance Lynn, um, like single handedly gave back all those gains I'd made in, in my ratios and leagues. Um, <sighs> I, I they're too scary of a lineup, I think, for me to wanna and like we mentioned, like the Giants have been a pretty good offense against right handed pitching this year. So um I'm I think I'm trying to skip, but I, I do want to pick up Wesnetsky where available. Yeah, this is an interesting spot where I can advocate picking up but not starting, even though it's a two step. Cause I still have some love. You know, I really, really liked Wesneski coming into the year. Again, it has definitely not worked thus far. But it's an opportunity to pick somebody up. This is kind of in that same vein as, as well, it's a little bit different than the Jake McCarthy. Actually, no, kind of similar. Uh, Jake McCarthy, probably the more expensive version of this, but a guy that I, 
Um, with with McCarthy, I didn't love his draft price, but then getting back in via waiver wire, I was definitely in on Wesneski. I did love drafting him, but things have soured. He's getting cut. The spots I missed him, I'm interested in going back to the well here. So I agree with the pickup. I might not start because the Angels absolutely terrify me as well. So mm-hmm. I think that that's totally fair, deep league or not, with Hayden Wesneski. Let's move on to Luke Weaver, Milwaukee and at St. Louis. Now, he hasn't really done much since those two eight strikeout games, and even those had some flaws in them. Just curious if you're seeing even any deep league appeal. Let's go beyond 15s. Is that even enough for you to get uh, Luke Weaver going? Is he an NL-only guy for you? Anything you see here, or is he just far too volatile? I think he's far too volatile. I just don't know that you want to make the gamble. I mean, he's been decent enough like he hasn't like you know five and two thirds at boston with you know five strikeouts and three earned runs like that's fine it's the two home runs that scare the crap out of me um and again you know milwaukee is not a team that uh is super comfortable pitch against if you're a right-hander if you're a lefty you you want to attack milwaukee but right-hander not so much and um and st louis it's just a team I, I'm scared of all the time. Like, I Me know too. they haven't been a great offense. They haven't been the top five offense I thought they were going to be. But they've been better. They now got Jordan Walker back. So uh, I think I'm I'm I think I'm sitting this one out on the Weaver. Yeah, they're, they're 15 and 13 during the month as well. 5.4 runs per game. Uh, Weaver, the home run rate. He has more homers than walks. Too scary. Mm-hmm. I passed here. I don't even pick this up. Um Nelson Lamette is back in the rotation. Uh, do I dare even ask you this? No. <laughs> They're like, both at just, home. I know. No. Like, I mean. Just making sure. I, I mean, you could, no, you no could do world. this. Yeah, you could do this one on Jupiter. I would not be. Yeah, no, there. no. There, there, there's absolutely no world. Um, even if they weren't at home, no. no I mean, no, how no. many innings per start? Do you, I mean, his last his last start or his first start he went three innings. Like, That's the thing too. He's being stretched out. But even at even at the peak of what whatever, Denelson Lamet's going to be this year. No, you know no, where no. Denelson Lamet is a great place to start is if you're in a dynasty league where you're rebuilding and you're trying to tank your ratio <laughs> to get a good pick. <laughs> yes, he's a great tank start. I agree. <laughs> Let's move on to Alex Fajardo, who actually is doing some nice things for the Tigers. He's got a trip to Philly and home to Arizona coming up. Uh, there's been some swing and miss element in his game this year that is definitely new at the major league level. We saw we saw Fajardo last year, and he didn't really bring his minor league skills with him because he's missed bats in the minors. This year, everything's kind of cooking. It's 26 innings, so we don't want to overdo it, but 25% K rate, 2% walk rate, 12% swing strike. Is a bit of a home run issue there because he's living in the zone with that 2% walk rate. So it's a 2.1 homer per nine. But is there enough here from Fiedo that has you interested in the former prospect for the Tigers? Mm, I think volatility probably has me out in Fiedo, especially when you're going to Philly. Uh, I, yeah, I think I'm passing. Um, I can understand making the argument for him, and maybe you will, but I just I think it's too volatile. Like he, you know, he gave up, he's given up six home runs uh, already, though, you know, only two home runs in his last three starts, but he's gotten, like, batted around 
in some of the outings. Texas murked him. Texas absolutely smoked him. Seven hits, six runs. But, I mean, seven hits and a walk, so six of the eight scored. That's, I mean, that's kind of an unlucky rate. I don't know. I I am going to make the case, not just because I'm a Tigers fan. I think there's enough here. You look at the 554 ERA, but then a 347 Sierra. The home run rate is concerning, for sure. And you face a team like Philly, that definitely scares me a bit in Philly. Um, Arizona, I respect them, too. Yeah, like, I, I think that they're good. obviously a really good ball club. I've been in on the baby snakes coming into the year, too. So it's it's scary, but he makes my list, and he makes my list as more, you know, you talked about maybe not even putting Kyle Hendricks on your list because you don't want to get stuck with him. If I, quote-unquote, got stuck with Fiedo, if he was the guy I won on my list, I'd be okay with it. He's not my top target, but I think there's enough heat here that I could go for this in a two-start. If I'm open to that sort of streaming that that comes with the inherent risk of week-to-week streaming. Okay. Okay. All right. Brandon Belak for Houston gets a trip to Toronto and a trip to Cleveland. So, you know, kind of the old one-up, one-down there. They're both on the road, which can be nerve-wracking because, you know, you're just generally better at home uh, overall. He's shown a few things, 319 ERA, but a 145 whip. That whip says you should heed the 444 Sierra a bit more. Also has a home run issue. That's been a common theme for a lot of these streamable guys, and that can make them particularly scary because it's that's the quickest way to, to blow up an ERA. I say it all the time uh, with home runs, but he's been better of late. He's only allowed seven earned runs in his last four combined. Is Brandon Belak doing enough for you that you're going to give him consideration here at Toronto and at Cleveland? Oh, uh, this is a difficult one because, I mean, Belak has had some pretty interesting starts, but he's gotten super, super lucky in terms of his strand rate. His strand rate is over 90% this year. Like you mentioned, he's got quite a bit of a homer problem. Though, I mean... To be fair, half of his home runs this year were given up in one game uh, at Milwaukee. Again, you know, pointing out that, you know, Milwaukee uh, can uh, lay the wood on to uh, some uh, right-handed pitchers. I don't know. This is a it's a tantalizing two-start because you get that at Cleveland at the end of the week. But the beginning of the week is at Toronto, a team that can hit a bunch of home runs very, very quickly. I think it's a pretty risky gamble. I think he is, he's a guy who's going to be on my list um, in, in, you know, in leagues where he's still available. Uh, be like because, I think it's be for me. Better team. Is that, is that why the team context? I th- Well, the better, better team. Picture. And then, I think I think they're about the same in terms okay. of skill, but like that Cleveland start to me is like okay, here, here we go. I can. That's the juiciest of the four, yeah, right? The exactly. at Philly, home to Arizona, at Toronto, at Cleveland. Of those four, for Fiedo and Belak, it's far and away the best. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you can make the argument that at Toronto versus at Philly are about the same. Sure. So give me the better of the other two. So at Cleveland versus and then versus Arizona, I'll yeah. take the at Cleveland. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put B like ahead then too for the same reason. That's that's a good call. Um, yeah, guys that you're going to go for, if you're ready to stream, you know the risk. There is risk with both of them, but they both make the list and B like is slightly ahead of Fiedo. What about Mike Myers here for Kansas City? Yes, this is the, the reliever that was with the Angels a couple years ago. I think he was with, I think he was with KC last year. And and got some starts, but uh, he, he was with uh, he was with uh, Angels last year. 
Okay, he was still with the Angels. Okay, mm -hmm. so he's been with the Angels forever. This is his first year with KC. He's penciled in to be a two-step. I don't know if this is 100% or not, but as it stands right now, it'd be a trip to Miami and a trip to Baltimore. Is there enough here? It's a 17% strikeout minus walk. It's 13 innings. I don't want to go overboard with it. Um, I don't know what we can really expect out of uh, Mike Myers as a starter. I don't think the 96% left on base rate is going to hold. But what do you think of Mike Myers here? What, is there a deep enough league where you would start Myers for KC? Um, yeah, I, th I think I would. I mean, these are two pretty decent starts. Like, you know, Baltimore has been a better team, but they're now without, uh, you know, their heart and soul of Cedric Best Mullins. player in the league, yes, and yeah. the entertainer. So, uh, and then at Miami, you're not afraid of that one. I And he's been really good. Uh, please, please, please let Josh Stallman be the opener uh, for him again because he came in and just delivered six just amazing innings. See, that would um, be perfect if, if we yeah. could get conf confirmation that Myers actually isn't going to start, but rather get an opener. Mm -hmm. And he went six scoreless at St. Louis, like you're saying. And then the one start he does have was four and two-thirds, one run, eight strikeouts against Detroit. Yeah. So we've seen two good outings in a row from from Myers. I think I can get in on this. Uh, I agree with you. Both venues are wonderful to pitch in. Neither team particularly scary. Baltimore definitely a bit scarier, but without Mullins, that certainly hurts. I think Myers makes the list here. I agree. Stay tuned all weekend to make sure that you know he's still penciled in and everything. But as it stands, also don't freak out if he's not penciled in because they might, especially if you see like a random reliever yes. projected to be the starter because he should then be the follower coming in. Exactly, and some teams have been good about outlining that. Others kind of make you think like this: Josh Stomont starting, and then you see that, like you said. Uh, yeah, when when he came up, I was like, what? Stomont like, starting. Wait a that's, that's a weird. Why are they converting um, him? <laughs> nope, uh, they're just they're just uh, doing a lot of openers. All right, let's talk about an old. I swear this is not uh, an old list. This guy is up. Julio Tehran, the very same, is with Milwaukee right now, and he put up some decent surface numbers in the minors, and um, or no no. The other way, he put up some good skills, bad results. 563 ERA, 168 whip in eight starts in the minors, but a 16% strikeout minus walk, which is pretty decent. However, he was just far too hittable, and that was really the problem. He has 11 innings in the majors so far with an 082 ERA and whip. It's totally fraudulent, though, because he has not allowed uh, a homer and just way, way too low of a Babbitt at 222. So I can't really buy into that right now with a 10% strikeout minus walk. But I wonder if you take the composite of everything we've seen out of Tehran in his career, would you be willing to sustain a trip to Cincy to get the home start against Oakland? That's really what you're weighing here because obviously that's the classic one up, one down with Tehran. Do you dare put this on your list? I think he's going to be on my list. <laughs> um, I think he kind of has to. <laughs> it's scary as hell, though. Uh, he's only allowed on one walk. He's uh, so far in his 11 innings. Uh, he hasn't allowed a home run, like you mentioned. And these are two pretty juicy matchups. You know, Cincinnati's always a scary place to go pitch, but the Reds are beat up. So, yep. Uh yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm rolling with Julio I, I can't believe I am, but I, I, I mean, he's going to make the list, and he's going to be around that, you know, Myers, 
Belak Fiedo. I have Julio Tehran in that thirty team hundred roster, hundred man roster. Incredible that you have. Um, Because he was like the only like I like at the end of the free agency period uh, for that league. uh, And for those who don't know that that league is like set up like Major League Baseball with contracts and things. It's just like. You know, and uh, it's just crazy. And there's nobody available. Like, you know, yeah. there's just nobody picked up. And so I I, uh, I put, you know, a little bit of money on Julio Tehran before he had a major league contract. Um, well, and now uh, he's like a mainstay in my rotation because there's just nobody there. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it, it works out. Yeah, I, I mean, there, there's I, a chance I need to does. flip him now. Yeah. Or, or, or just, uh, you know, get a good two-step and then get the hell out. Because, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy about this, though? He's only 32. I'm sure when I brought I him up, some people That's... were like, oh, he's 35, 36. He's only 32 years old. So, I mean, he's mm-hmm. a throwing 90 these days. He's not the Julio Tehran of his prospect days. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was able to piece something together. We haven't seen good skills at the majors for a while. I mean, it's... It's been it's been a good while to be honest too. His last three years in Atlanta, seventeen through nineteen, was a combined eleven percent, ten percent strikeout minus walk across five hundred and thirty eight innings. That's not good. Um, and then the years since the the sparse opportunities with the Angels, Tigers, and Brewers haven't been any better with a four percent strikeout minus walk in forty seven innings. So keep that in mind. But he's going to make the list because I think the the Oakland start is tantalizing enough for me. Um, Louis Varland is somebody that I'm pretty interested in starting everywhere. I'm certainly interested in rostering him everywhere. This is a devastating two-step with trips to Toronto and Tampa Bay. So it's really difficult to, to feel super confident in him. I will say, leagues where I already have him, there's a good chance I'm starting him because I believe in Louis Varland. But where I'm picking him up, it might... It, it might be a pickup and, and hold situation as opposed to a pickup and start because of these matchups. I'm getting early career Bailey Ober vibes out of um, Varland with the really good skills, but a home run issue that is certainly mm-hmm. scary, particularly against these two matchups. But I like so much of what he's done. Like I said, there are still some scenarios where I'm starting him, but if I'm picking him up, I'm probably just trying to stash him. What do you think of Louis Varland? And is he somebody you're going for? He's definitely not someone I'm going for. I, I, I have been in the opposite end of the spectrum on Louis Varland than you. The homers scare the crap out of me. Uh, I think that that's only going to get worse. He's got a 90% strand rate right now. Uh, a Babip that's like, oh, that, that should probably regress a little bit as well. <clears throat> he's, he's doing a good job of not walking guys. So as long as he does that, at least the home runs are solo shots. But I just I do worry that it's just this homer problem is going to be really really pesky for him, rest of the way. So uh, I've been wrong so far on Varlin, even though I've had this kind of these same thoughts the entire time. Uh, but I still believe in the fact that the, he can't give up two homers per nine and expect to be successful in fantasy for us. So that will be tough. You know. I agree, but I'm I'm absolutely picking up Varlin. Even if it's to not use him this week, I will say. Yeah, that. you do, you cannot use him. Not 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 at Tampa at Toronto. Like, I don't think it's as, as no go as you. He he just threw seven shutout in Houston. He threw a baseline quality start against Toronto. He went five innings, two runs against in the uh, at the Angels on May twenty. Those are his last three starts. 
There's, there, there's a lot to like here with Varland. I think you're leaving you a start something him. You start him. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to. I'm yeah, going to start him. Like I said, and the reason I dis distinguish between where I'm picking him up and versus where I have him is I'm assuming where I pick him up, my rotation isn't as good or is better than it is on the leagues where I've already got Varland. That's why I made the distinction of like, if I've already got him, I'm probably going to keep starting him. If I'm picking him up, hopefully my rotation's set to where I don't have to use him. But I'm not out completely on this, even with trips to Tampa Bay and Toronto. So we'll revisit this one next week, and we'll see who uh, who, who came out on top with Louis Varwin. But I like him. He's probably at the top of my pickups right now, um, as far as as far as looking at this list. Unless you absolutely need somebody you can trust next week, then it's a little different. But if you're picking up for some luxury, I'll definitely go for him. Twenty five percent at Yahoo, super available. What about Carlos Carrasco? Trip to Atlanta, trip to Pittsburgh, so double road, but uh, one is good. You know, listen, I love the early Pittsburgh stuff, but they their offense has been absolutely dreadful in May. Uh, they're 8-18 eight and 18 overall, and so, you know, I, I I can't get too caught up in, in saying that they're a great team with 3.2 runs per game. Even though they're still second in their division, they're still over 500. But that's the good start this week for Carrasco. Is it enough to take on... The Braves at the Braves. Have you seen enough recently from Carrasco that you're going to jump in here? Because the composite numbers are rough. And I want to say a couple of his last few starts. Yeah, his last That's few starts have been really good. What do you yeah, think his Carrasco? last few starts have been really good. The only problem is there are no more strikeouts. Yeah, like four yeah. in both of them uh, across 12 and two-thirds for Carrasco. And 19 total strikeouts across 31 and a third innings this year. Like, that is putrid. That's why he has uh, this... a 4% strikeout minus walk. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think the risk is worth the upside at this point in, in Carrasco's career. So I agree. Uh, uh, I know Pittsburgh hasn't been good since, you know, offensively hasn't been great since uh, the beginning of the season, like you mentioned. But Atlanta's a damn good offense, and I'm not messing with that. So let's let's pivot a little bit on Carrasco. Mm -hmm. I'll take you to a daily league situation where you can just use the Pittsburgh start. Mm-hmm. What format, if any, would you pick them up just to use at Pittsburgh? Maybe fifteens. Okay. Me too. I don't. I don't. Twelves. I, I think you could probably find better options. Yeah, I think so as well. But if you can play in a daily where you do not have to take the Atlanta trip, maybe take the Pittsburgh trip. It's got to be deeper league. I can't believe this next guy's on the list. We're staying in New York, but I think I have to. I have to at least have to see where you're at. Maybe you say I'm not even touching. Uh, him as far as taking him out of the lineup. He's still an auto start for me, and I'll, I'll listen to that. But Nestor Cortez has not been Nestor Cortez this year, not the guy that everyone drafted. 516 ERA, 130 whip. The strikeout minus walk rate is down four points to 16%, which is decent. It's above league average. But as has been the case with so many of these guys that we're talking about, the home runs are up at 1.5 homer per nine, as well as the hits. And he was already living on a bit of a fine margin. It's not that what he was doing was, was fraudulent these last two years. It's that there wasn't a lot of margin for error. And we see a slight drop off in strikeout minus walk. The hits are back up. The homers are up. And voila, he is now a big problem pitcher. Are you scared enough of Nestor Cortez, or did he do enough in 21-22 that you're staying bought in and trusting him to shave these numbers back down? Where do you stand? Oh, no, let me give you the matchups, too. Sorry. Uh, it's the White Sox and Boston both at home for Cortez. This one's really frustrating because, uh, you know, I, I'd been really worried about him, and then the last couple starts, you went, oh, man, the slider's back. Like, he's looking really, really good. And then 
so so I write in a you know a uh, a buy low article for Fantasy Pros, and I'm all like, yeah, here we go, time to buy low on Nestor Cortez. It gets published earlier this week, and then he goes and uh, and faces he's at Seattle, a team that has struggled this year versus left-handed pitching, um, and the slider does not look good. And now I'm like, oh, great, like he's. <laughs> It just right I when I buy back in. Yeah, right when I'd like telling everybody you should buy low on Nestor Cortez. He goes back to being the guy he was at the beginning of the season. So I'm I'm very concerned. I, I don't know that you can pass up a two step that includes Chicago, who has just been kind of mediocre all year. At um, best. Yeah, and Boston is a is a good offense, but they're better against righties than they are against lefties. That's true. Um, they do scare me though. They they do scare me too. So uh, I think I'm I think I'm rolling with this one, but it's it's really a lot of blind faith and not a lot of like hard hitting analysis that has me going with it. That's fair, so, and, and you're being honest about it too, right? That is the case sometimes. Mm-hmm. That I just start a guy, and they're like, "Well, why are you starting him?" I say, "I." I just kind of believe in him, and I, I apologize that it's not numbers-based. You don't have to follow me on that. I feel like as long as I let people know that that is what I'm going with, I'm literally going with the gut, shouts to Vlad Sedler, uh, then I feel like I feel comfortable as long as people understand that that's where my analysis mm-hmm. is. And I get that with Cortez, where you just kind of want to trust and say, I think this guy's still good, but I'm a bit worried. I think if you got him, you have to start him. Otherwise, he's a cut. I do think he does fit our rule of if if you're not using him in a two-step, you don't need to be holding him. So if you're that shaky on it, consider cutting Cortez. But I think you go with it here and you just see where we're at. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready to cut. I'm still like even if I'm not using this week, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not cutting. When are you ever starting him then? If you're not using him this week, though, that's the whole thing. Maybe next week with the two-step. Looks like he would set up for a trip to Boston next week oh jesus they've only um, got a five gamer so he gets two God, bostons in the row. in the alley sucks it's uh, not fun even with the fewer games in division it's still difficult you know like i mean this is what we we're talking about at the beginning of the episode right like the al east is stacked like yep. when boston's the worst team in that division and they are top 10 in offense against right-handers and left-handers this year so that's like, crazy um i i, I I hear you. I, it's I not a hard, fast rule. Like, it's yeah. not a hard, fast. I think it, in 10-team 10 10 leagues, I can understand the argument. But like, yeah. even in 10-team leagues, those wires get pretty thin considering sure. IL spots and uh, just the amount of injuries there's been this year. You could pick up Louis Varland, who is definitely good. Go. What about J.P. Sears? Trips to Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. A lot of guys going on the road twice this week for the uh, two steps here. J.P. Sears, I know he's on Oakland, so the win probability is in the ground. You cannot see it. Put that aside. If you just, you know, if you need wins, obviously it's hard to, to go with anybody on a crappy team like this. But if you're just looking for some quality ratios with some with some K's and and maybe a spike a win, he's 0 and 3 on the year, so he doesn't even get decisions, by the way, um, because he probably leaves with a lead and then they promptly blow it. But his last four JP Sears 2.42 ERA with uh, in 22 and a third innings. K's are light because the last two have been really. Uh, Putrid, three total strikeouts in 11 innings, but 13 strikeouts in the 11 innings before that against Texas and Houston. So he's shown some good throughout the year. There's been some downside, and a lot of times it's home run related. I don't get too too scared of at Pittsburgh, at Milwaukee here. I think I'm going for Sears, picking him up. Uh, what say you with J.P. Sears? Is he 
12 team viable 15 team would you go as low as 10 what, what do you say the worst team in major league baseball against left-handed pitching is milwaukee Brewers. um no. so i think this is i think this is a pick up the week right here i think this is the guy that nobody's expecting you to pick up in your 10 and 12 team leagues that you should and you should start him um you know, if you're win-seeking, I understand going a different direction because, like you mentioned, he's not going to get wins because no, it's because they the suck A's. So the A's. The A's are the worst team in baseball. And, like, I heard Jim Bowden uh, on some on some program, whether it's serious or whatever, uh, say something along the lines of uh, he, they, he thinks that they would not be a competitive team in AAA right now. I mean, that's um, – as a GM, and that's he hyper, should know how dumb sh- that is. And he should. I don't know that he's wrong though, because no, this is come this on. is like this may be the worst major league team ever built. It's really bad, by the way. And you know, you you've been nice about not taking a million victory laps, but last year when we argued about them, I was like, well, they don't usually bottom out like bottom of the barrel, bottom, 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 bottom. That's what they're doing. You have to remove the floor to find them. That's Correct. how bottomed out they've been. Correct. Like, it's they like are a like fake floor, eating. and you yeah. pull out the little drop. You need to, like, search the Earth's crust to find <laughs> the, the No, the Earth's core. You need to yeah. go deep. The, the crust mm-hmm. is the top there. You need to get into the Earth's core to find this fucking team. That's how The bad journey to the center of the Earth is a book written about the 2023 <laughs> Oakland A's. It really is. No, they're so bad. It's unbelievable. But I do like J.P. Sears. I am picking him up. I am starting him. I And by the way, you know, we, we did carve out that, that whole thing, like if you're wind chasing. But it is still June 2nd. You can't be that desperate to where I would pass up Sears. You might prioritize better wind potentials ahead of him. But I would still pick him up even if your win's I'm, desperate. I, I think it's I think it's more for like if you are in like a head to head league, right? You're you're, sure. you're only worried about this week. You're you're looking at your team and you're going, Oh, all my all my starters right now are one start guys, and so I might be a little bit low on win potential, uh that kind of win seeking. Yeah, I mean that's fair. like you mentioned, for the most part, unless you are like at the bottom of your standings in a roto league and wins. You're probably not super concerned because a you know a week where you get seven wins like all of a sudden you just bust up the standings like, exactly you know. exactly and there is still a world where you might cop a win here we're not saying mm-hmm. you can't we're just saying that the chances like are. I said Milwaukee is one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching and Pittsburgh is not great offensively so. correct I think that's fair so JP Sears I like him um, he's been on my my bench for a bit in in main event right now and he's getting in the lineup this week for sure johan oviedo uh, is going to square off against sears in that first game so he gets oakland and then the mets at home is the oakland start worth it to take on the mets who haven't been powerhouses but they're still a good team you're still right rightly nervous of them um what do you think of johan oviedo who's shown some flashes but still has some uneven skills if you look at the the total profile I like Oviedo. I think he's a guy that uh, I think he's a really good pitcher that is still kind of trying to figure things out. Couldn't agree uh, more. So, uh, and I think these are two really good starts. I mean, the Mets have not been uh, great offensively this year. They've been very uneven themselves. Uh, Oakland, like we mentioned, um, is just atrocious. <laughs> so, uh, I think this is a really good two-step to take a gamble on Oviedo. Probably only in a 15-team league, but... Yep. 
I if you, if you want to get tricky in a 12, I can see doing that. Yep. Co-sign all of that, like Oviedo. Still think there's major upside here that we might see him tap into this summer. Uh, it might be next year, though, but I do think he's a viable streamer in a situation like this. Blake Snell is certainly on a, on a higher level than a lot of the guys we mentioned in terms of you know hanging on to him and and starting him week to week. And he's coming off of two good starts in a row, 11 innings with just one earned, 13 strikeouts, but 7Ks in that time. That's kind of the Blake Snell experience. The reason I put him on the list this week, though, is because uh, he's got the Cubs at home, but then a trip to Colorado. Are you still starting Snell in, say, 10s and 12s? I think, I mean, I'll ask 15s as well. I think I'm pretty good in 15s. I'm still starting Snell. But I wonder if you're starting him in the middle and shallower formats with Colorado on the docket. No. No dice? <laughs> Not at Colorado. Like I just... What about 15s? You starting him there? No. Okay, so you're, you're full sit on yeah, Snell. He... I don't think that's out of yeah. pocket to say that, by the way. I really he has don't. been better in his last two starts, but we're also talking about two starts at Washington, at Miami. Like These are not teams you're afraid of offensively. So. We have talked up Washington uh, against lefties in this yes. very pod, so we probably shouldn't completely contradict ourselves. But with a guy like Snell, we expect him to steamroll Washington and Miami, yeah. regardless of how they're doing. And he did do well, 11 innings, one run, but it still came with... Uh, seven, seven walks, walks yeah. Like I said. yeah yeah so that's my I, concern there yeah and there's no way i'm starting in that colorado i just not gonna do it i mean there's 15s where i think you're gonna have to there's plenty of 15 scenarios i mean i won't have to because i don't i don't have not, anyone. not you but yeah. like where people that have him are probably gonna have to I on think the you plus side he's he's like you know on pace for like uh an innings count this year that is uh much higher than he's you know put up in recent years my biggest argument against him was absolutely I couldn't project him for more than 130 innings uh but uh, the skills have just been atrocious it, it has it has been rough there the walks are just becoming untenable especially when paired with homers so it does make him scary with Blake Snell and especially with the trip to Colorado on the dock and I understand the concerns for sure I think I'm starting him in some deeper formats, but I'm I'm trying to avoid it. I am. I don't want to take the Colorado start on, so I would sit him. Uh, this is an exception for me where I would not start in a two-step, but not cut either. I would try to keep Blake Snell um, and if I'm going to skip the Colorado start. What about this guy with a trip to Colorado? Alex Wood. He opens the week going to Colorado and then gets the Cubs after. So he gets Snell's same setup just in reverse. Is Alex Wood doing enough that you would take on a Colorado start? I like Alex Wood, but you just never know what you're going to get from him start to start in terms of how deep he's going to go into games. And then you add in a Colorado start, and I'm passing. Yep. I don't need to expound any further on that. Totally agree. Uh, let's see. Moving on to our next guy would be Martin Perez. He has not held what he did last year. But he's still finding some success kind of in his old smoke and mirrors type of way. Is he doing enough that with Martin Perez with – a uh, home start against St. Louis and a trip to Tampa Bay. I guess I didn't see the second start until just now, so I don't even know if I have to ask this. No. But is there any way you start Martin Perez with Tampa Bay on the docket? Or St. No. Louis, by the way, because, again, they're still scary even though they've underperformed this year. Yeah, St. Louis is a top-10 team versus left-handed pitching this year. 
the Tampa Bay is the top team versus left. Yeah, this is a like hard pass. pass. Yeah, <laughs> hard pass for Martin. Even at, even as a guy who's been like the Martin Perez guy in the past, like there's no way I'm starting. No. I I would rather start Blake Snell in Colorado. I'd rather start Blake it, Snell in Colorado for two. Yeah, than take this Martin Perez shot yeah. right here. Totally agree with that. I can't believe this guy's on the list. I said that about Nestor Cortez earlier. I am exponentially more floored that I've had to put this guy on a are you starting yeah I'm, I'm surprised you put him on this list considering we don't we don't put studs on the list and we don't put automatic we don't put obvious nose yeah. oh god <laughs> people are gonna die when I say the name it's Alec Manoa and speaking of dying if you have him on your team you want to because it's been a nightmare 542 177 uh ERA whip and I cannot find an item of hope in this statistical profile for you. The only thing I got for you is the name and the track record. Are you starting Alec Manoa home to Houston and Minnesota, two top teams, at least in terms of performance this year? Um, I don't know their exact rankings against righties, but they're good ball clubs and he's been horrendous. Are you still in on Manoa? This is one of your boys. Yeah, the only thing I have um, for people Oh, and Alec Manoa is an apology. I I'm That's sorry. Nice. Like I'm. I, How could I, you have known though? This is a nightmare. This is off. like I know that there were people who were like, "Hey, he's gonna regress," but there is no. Uh, no one was project per, per, projecting this. No. Like everybody still had him as a top twenty-five starter. Yeah, um, I thought he could so, be mid. I thought he'd be like mid upper threes ERA with a good whip, plenty of wins, plenty of Ks. Like yeah. I had my concerns and this is a guy I've debated with my heart versus head. Cause I did see some warning signs, but I love Alec Manoa and I still ranked yeah. him super high. I'm not, I'm not acting like I saw anything like this. This is a shock for even his biggest haters. This is insane. What Manoa is going through. He's yeah. terrible right now. Yeah. I know like Nick Paul, like, like had him outside of, I think the top 25 to start the year. And so like he was, he was one of the people who were like, he was really scared and was never going to get him at price. Right. Yeah. Um, but even him, like he still had him as a top like thirty starter. Like it's yeah, just like so, I mean this every, is this is an L for everyone. It's just a bigger L for me. And if you drafted Alec Manoa based on my advice, uh, then I'm sorry. That's I mean that's all I can say. Like I'm I am there with you. I have teams where he is my number one or my number two starter, and he is wrecking me. Um, you were big and on Manoa. I and I, he's on my bench. I haven't had the heart to drop him yet, but like if you drop Alec Manoa, I I have no problem with that at this point. He's eighty-two percent rostered at Yahoo, so we're starting to see his the last turn over three there. starts. He has given up ninety-two percent zone contact or worse. Jeez, he that's is insane. just hittable like you wouldn't like. There is nothing in the profile right now. Um, I, I don't know what's wrong with him. Like, I, it doesn't seem like he's hurt, but like he should be on the IL just to get, or in the minor leagues at this point, just to just get, to get a right. mental yeah. breather. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it is and, really bad. And, the, you know, some people had uh, kind of alleged earlier in the season, like, Oh, maybe it's the pitch clock. Maybe because he's a bigger guy. Um, I don't think that's it. I, something's wrong with him. And I don't know if it's mental or, um, maybe there's a grip issue or an injury we don't know about that he's just trying to pitch through, but um, he's broken. Like I, yeah, I, I, you know, and uh, and so like I said, like 
I don't have a problem dropping him in any format if you still have him on your roster. I agree, man. And it feels crazy to say, but that's that's where I'm at too with, uh, with Alec Manoa right now. He's only been cut, it looks like, in one main event. He's at 96% rostered. I wonder if we'll see that tick up this week, even though he's on the docket for a two-step. I wonder yeah. if more people will be like, you know what? Yeah, it's a two-step, but I'm not using it, so I'm cutting him. I wonder if we'll see that roster rate dip for Alec Manoa. But it's been brutal, um, and it's hard to have any hope for the future right now, for the immediate future right now. Uh, our last guy, Jake Irvin, uh, Arizona and at Atlanta. Probably not with the at Atlanta. I'm just curious if there's anything that you're seeing from Jake Irvin with nope. Washington for deep leagues. I didn't think so, but I just wanted to include him uh, because I thought it would be nice to include Jake Irvin. No, I don't know. I should. He appreciates it. it. He does appreciate it, and I know his. We know he listens. What yeah. up, Mrs. Irvin? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's there's a there's some really good two steps this week, but my God, there are some terrifying ones. So lots out there. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting week of bids across all formats because of the, this two-step group here for sure. Uh, I think we came out and, I mean, do you have a specific favorite here? We kind of termed Elder as an automatic, so he's kind of above the fray there. I think Sears is my favorite. Like, I think he's just, like, I think his skills have been really, really impressive. You wish he was on a team that could win games, but... Uh, any. Like, just any I, you know, viable He's win going potential. up... At, Going up against the worst team in baseball against left-handed pitching, yeah. um, like I think he's, I think he's my favorite kind of pickup this week because Elder is going to be rostered. Yeah, El- Elder again was just a check-in to make sure that we were uh, full-time starting him. Paxton is is pretty high up there, but also not going to be as available. So I agree with you, Sears among the the more available guys, and my boy Varland. I know that we split on that one for sure, especially because Oviedo. Such... Oviedo is a fun oh, one yeah. this week. Yeah. yeah. I still yeah. like Oviedo quite a bit. So, okay, plenty to look at this week as far as pickups. And again, we're going to be having a Tuesday episode next week. You doing a Sunday up tomorrow or uh, in a couple of days? Uh, I believe we are. Um, Excellent. So, uh, as long as Jason can go. Uh, I don't have a guest set up, but I'm going to check with Jason here in a few minutes and make sure he can go. If he can't go, then I'll go get a guest. Fantastic. All right, Justin, great talking with you. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Take it easy.